Mary Oliver has that poem, Wild Geese, and there's the line that's like, you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. I'm like, that's it. Welcome to Meditationable, the show where you'll hear stories of experts in the fields of meditation, well-being, and more. This is your host, Anto. Previously on the episode, our guests, Tensonite and T, shared their personal experiences with mindfulness and introduced the idea of 1% more ease. Welcome back to Meditationable. What was that one percent? Oh yeah, thing? we could try it right now for, sure. for you, anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this of like in a meditation or in daily life. It's just asking yourself the question, and you might try to just get comfortable and like act like you're in a meditation. You know, just relax a little bit, and then just ask yourself, what would allow one percent more ease into this moment? And then just listening in kind of for the response. Might be a subtle little shifting in your neck or relaxing some place in the body. Or whatever comes up. Sometimes ask the question, what would bring 1% more ease? And then just being willing to be surprised by what kind of answer the body offers. Maybe it's like, oh yeah, open the eyes and take in that tree. That would bring a little more ease. You might find something different every time and then maybe we'll just try it one more time. And then when you notice the ease, whatever it is, then just stay there for just a second. So what would allow 1% more ease into this moment? And you just turn your attention there and kind of just let the mind gather and get curious about that little bit of ease. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. How else do you work with the tense? Mm. I think I... Like right now, my, the answer for me was a sort of like, oh, I can just like, re like reminding myself to relax my shoulders. Cause I think that's where like, you know, the tenseness or like, that's where that's alive for me, like the stress or even just being aware of where my, my own body language for myself is and just checking in in that way. I think it's really helpful sometimes when I'm in the mix in public with people or, or so you know, I have anxiety sometimes and, you know, I'm like, okay, like I'm in the scenario, we're in the both end of what's happening. Maybe I can't stop all the things that I'm doing, but what's that 1% that I know I can kind of plant for myself in the moment that can kind of walk me through, you know? Um, yeah. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like in the practice of like finding that ease and, and just like kind of just that nourishing kind of like, kindness towards ourself and that attention gives me the spaciousness and the room to like handle the difficult stuff when they arise. Cause I have the condition to like be
be able to check in with myself in that, and even in that one set of percent. If that makes sense, Does that makes sense. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, it's like you don't learn how to swim in a storm, right? You know, right? You learn how to swim when things are calm, and then when the storm arrives, you have like you know, you go back to these mm -hmm. things that you're saying, like to check and with yourself um but yeah that's something you you cultivate that that power of like for like now what i did was just um there's this meditation i love which is like focusing on the stillness within like when you inhale and you exhale there's uh there's one like between those two there's a right. moment of complete stillness and that is always grounding for me and it reminds me like like you know there's a pause like in ev when everything is going crazy you know mm. go back to that moment of complete stillness and and yeah for me that's like but I learned that when I was calm I didn't learn that while I was like panicking mm -hmm. or extremely anxious and now when when those things happen I, I'm like okay remember like you can go back to that stillness you know it's it's something we have inside of us and you can always it's always yeah, it's there. part of your toolkit you know it's like yeah. i always think about mindfulness as part of the toolkit as of the many other things that support our living and getting through you know and so it's just like okay what works for me what can i pull out of pull out of the bag when it's necessary yeah anto how was that how was the one percent more ease practice we just did i liked it a lot I was like, I didn't know if, like, if you noticed, but I was like, like staying in that, you know, <laughs> like I really, yeah, I was just thinking, um, I was breathing into like the heart space. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what would give me more ease right now is just like breathing and bringing my attention towards my chest. That is, yeah, you know, just remembering um putting my attention there it's just something i find really soothing yes i love that that yeah oftentimes with the one percent more ease it can be a physical thing i also had the shoulders relaxed like you tent and then uh but often it is more of just like i'm just gonna either turn my attention somewhere or just keep it somewhere uh, one percent more ease would be to like just stay with this sweetness right here yeah and then there's a way it kind of feels like it deepens and broadens or something like that if we can just stay stay with that sweetness in the present moment i saw you drop into that too i, I was like witnessing that and it's like it's so quick to give yourself you know it didn't take like an hour to do that you know it's just like you know, it was just like, oh, wow, she just dropped in. And and I was like, that was maybe just a minute, you know, or two. So it's just. Yeah, because I I think the more that you practice it as well, it's like easier to just like get mm -hmm. yourself to that space. Right. And and yeah, like I love this because it's such a simple question to ask ourselves. You know, and just like, oh, what can I do right now to make my life 1%? What was the word? What, uh, what would allow 1% more ease? More ease. Uh-huh. And that is such a, like, 
you know, like a reminder and just, I think, asking ourselves that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's so different than like, all right, T, calm down, calm down. Get to, Where's the bliss? Find some bliss. Go bliss. Go. <laughs> How do we get back to that meditative perfection? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like way up here. And like, I'm not anywhere near that. But if I could just take that one little turn towards like Tanz was saying, just a little bit of kind of self-awareness or context awareness or self-compassion or any little bit of like a resource is like so much more than zero. And it's so much more accessible than like a hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. And we often think like, think like, okay, I need to do a, a one hour meditation to like, process this thing you know and like and then we say oh we don't have enough i don't have enough time so i won't do it but sometimes just like these little things of like okay what can i do in this moment like what you're saying just one little thing that we can do now that's all we need we don't really have to or even like dance it off you know like put it on a song mm -hmm. put your headphones on and just like dance mm -hmm. dance it off like whatever but we don't have to be like okay i have to actually give myself one hour to process this like sometimes we just have to let it mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes like that just that that practice of that one minute kind of gives us in the ingredients for when we have the time to give ourselves that space you know so we're not we're not always like kind of starting necessarily over with ourselves this is sort of like a thread into how more curiosity and more getting to know ourselves and more you know yeah, just figuring out what what works. And, and I think and I, I keep wanting to come back to the word like that, like, agency too, because then like this practice, even that 1%, you're, you're giving yourself that one, per, like, that moment of like, oh, I, I have a moment to like, kind of take care of myself. And that's like, and I like, you can see you're taking care of yourself, you know, you have a choice in that, you know. Mm. Mm. Exactly. When there are so many things that are, are out of our control, just like it's so grounding to think, okay, what's what do I have control of? And that yeah. gives you this sense of agency and okay, you know, I'll get through this. Yes. I I uh that until your idea of like sometimes it's just dance it out, you know, like and like what we've been talking about here, like it's always just like what what's going to work in this moment? What does the body need? There's already there's just like a wisdom in the body that knows, you know, can we just allow it? You know, if I try to meditate mm -hmm. away something, but like really my body wants to dance or my body just wants to freaking cry or laugh or something, you know, um, can we just allow what's naturally the body's wisdom that wants to come through? Um that's there's a huge power in that and that's where the mindfulness is like pay attention to this moment this context not some story about what i think should happen but what's happening now what kind of even just like wants to happen where is this kind of natural moving forward towards whatever wholeness goodness ease integration i don't know like uh, it made me think of the poet uh, mary oliver as that poem, Wild Geese, and there's the line that's like, um, you you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. 
I'm like, that's it. It's like sometimes it wants to just put a hand on the heart and relax. Sometimes it wants to open the eyes and take in the beauty. Sometimes it wants to just dance it out and just wiggle and all that. And can we just learn to tune into that with mindfulness? And yeah, allow tune it? into yeah. the wisdom or wake up to the wisdom that we, that's already there. Yeah, it's like it's already there. And we exactly. Just it's all it's a remembering. And and that is what you're saying is so true. I love that poem. And for some reason, I read it the other day and I was like, that is so true. Sometimes we just have to love that, you know. And the other day I went, I was like, oh, I'm so angry. Like I need to go out on a run. So I, I was on a run. And then I was like, you know what? I really need to cry. I just like sat on a bench and I started weeping and I was like I don't even know why I'm crying but I just I just feel like I need to and and you know I just did it because it felt like the thing I had to do and I allowed myself to give myself that space and it was really helpful like I just needed it sometimes you just need it mm -hmm. yes exactly we can make space for this and normalize it uh, that one moment is a frustration and one moment is a tears and one moment is a smile and we can just meet whatever arises and that's come back full circle to the beginning of our conversation where Tense was saying like you know as a leader in a mindfulness group like can we just be authentic and show that we're humans and we're gonna like be stressed sometimes and we're going to uh, we're going to sigh sometimes and we're going to laugh and cry and play sometimes and just make space for the fullness of our humanity and just normalize that that it's okay and we can bring our mindful caring curious awareness to the whole thing and then it sets up this culture of kind of safety and realness and uh and then once we get a taste of that for me at least once I got a taste of that it's like oh this is like a way of life right here like I could Enough times where I'm like in this safe container and trying this out to be myself and be real and goofy and serious and all the range of me, then like I can start to bring that out more into other contexts and like know when I can be myself and find spaces that are safe and create spaces that are safe enough and, uh, and just be more in touch with that authentic self throughout my life. And yes, yeah, these spaces that Tance has been raised in <laughs> since a young one, and that we both work in now as space holders and facilitators, is that that relational mindfulness and creating community and relationships with these mindfulness skills and values and insights. It just it is powerful stuff. It is. And what you said, like, it resonated so much because something that I think a lot of people, including myself, struggle with is, like, being okay with not being okay or being at peace with not being at peace, you know? Mm -hmm. That is something I've, that's been, like, my, what I've been telling myself, like, this week especially, like, it's so important to be at peace with not being at peace. Sometimes mm -hmm. things 
will not be completely resolved. Sometimes we won't like someone and that's okay, you know, like, and, and because we make a mistake, that doesn't mean we're a bad person. Like those kind of like little things. Um, I feel like we often have this pressure of, of like, oh, we need to like everyone. We need to be kind to everyone. We always need to be, you know, and sometimes like these uglier emotions and, and actions that we do, they're part of who we are. Um, and kind of like being okay with that being a part of who we are, that acceptance, you know? Agreed. No, I, I'm, I'm just in agreement. Yeah, go team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's then that's the skill. Once we, once we kind of can get that, understand that be not being not okay is okay and starting to be okay with not being okay, yeah. that whole thing. Um, and just kind of witnessing our full humanity, parts that were like, oh man, I did, I kind of made a mistake. I did like harm there. I like, can I be with that instead of disappearing into shame and somehow trying to cover it up? Can I actually see that? And then I can move forward and like attend to the harm that I've done or learn the lesson or just keep caring um, or start to see the ways that I've been harmed and start to see how I'm harming myself through these internalized habits that I've internalized from the outside world. Right. Start to see, wow, I'm really harsh with myself. Look at that. And just be curious and compassionate and like, wow, that hurts. And that sounds like, you know, that's, that's what the shit my stepdad used to say when I was six or something, you know? And like, we started to get these insights of like how our family or our culture, you know, society kind of starts to shape how my mind is habitually reacting. And, um, and then that starts to just open to what Tans was talking about, where we're like, we start to look at the world through, it's like a social justice lens, but it's not like an academic you know, trying to be holier than now. It's like, no, I see this in my lived experience. I see how this system of oppression has shaped my habits and I can witness it very clearly. And I can see how when I'm in a certain context and I pay attention to my experience and the other people's experience or, you know, the other people in the space, I can see how these systems of oppression are alive and and then how I can liberate, you know, how I can help liberate myself and how I can help others and let do less harm and be a more effective and authentic ally and uh, stuff like that. So that's where it starts to really come alive. And that's, we haven't touched on that yet, but me and Tanz and I love that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really, and I think kind of threads into like a lot of what I've been like learning about myself and kind of navigating and evolving uh, through that lens too, because like this practice can help us disrupt the patterns that, um, that unknowingly we're in the condition of, you know, um, because it can be so, like what T said, can be so internalized and okay, like how do I, and we can easily, I, I mean, I definitely fall into the trap of like, you know, I'm just fighting with the air. Sometimes I have that expression, you're just like fighting in the air, but who, who am I fighting? Like, who, <laughs> like that's really exhausting you know and so like or or you know i can fight i can do that or i can kind of turn into turn to this position of sometimes it is a little bit painful but like i can learn and grow from it and there's a 
kindness down the road where that means that kindness looks like I'm not causing harm to others later on or to myself later on too. So it's also planting the seeds as well. Exactly. This idea of fighting with the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that's like fighting with my shame. That's the air, the fears, all this, you know? But can I sit with them in the same room and like learn about them and be like, okay, how can I like hold your hand through this? And I kind of view that as like a younger self version of myself because I think it's just scary. And I'm just scared. There's a part of me that's just scared, you know? And so it's just like holding, holding my younger self, holding maybe the difficulties or the mistakes I've held and like, how can I like mm. pivot that? Mm. Does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> no, it does. It's a it lot does. there. <laughs> it's like there are some fears mm. and some like insecurities that stem from earlier in our childhood or like not even our childhood maybe like you know the way we've been taught to think about stuff um there's a lot of like conditioning and um sometimes for example we're scared or, or we're jealous and or we are scared of abandonment for example and when a new relationship or something new arises we're like oh like you know, like this fear comes up and sometimes we have to look at that fear and be like, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for trying to protect me, but I am okay now. Like I can handle this now because sometimes these like fears and insecurities are things that in the past, maybe like, like going back to our ancestors, like they mm -hmm. helped us like, you know, get food, run away from danger, whatever. Um, or maybe like in our childhood, something happened and it make, made us think those things. But sometimes we have to be like, okay, like that, I, my body was just trying to help me at that moment in time, but I'm okay now. You know, like I don't need to, like, thank you, fear, thank you, insecurity, thank you for being here, but I am safe now. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And all of this, I think it, what you're saying, like these little things, you know, that can start with that 1% of more ease or it's like a little thing, but then what you're saying, this like social justice aspect, you know, like these little mindfulness um, techniques and shifts in our mindsets, they really are like applicable to something much bigger like the social justice aspect or like relational mindfulness, you know, like it starts with something so internal and so personal, but then it has so many different lenses and so many different applications. Yeah, I view that all in the same party. It's all intertwined, all affect each other. Yeah, for sure. And there's, the, what I'm loving is that they're all starting to different communities are starting to communicate with each other, I think, into where my activist communities are starting to see that, you know, not only like, yeah, self-care, taking care of your, yeah, your body, your heart, your communities in a way that is nourishing to yourself, 
just helps in the long run. It helps in the short run to be more effective in the kind of activism you're trying to do is so we don't burn out because there's a compassion fatigue and burnout and then just like running on one particular you know activated nervous system of anger for instance um anger is beautiful and can we balance it with some love like you know lama rod wrote a whole book about um can we bring the you know um, the resilience that comes from tapping into our deepest wellspring of inner resource of like the love, the joy, the beauty, the like that, that easily accessible opening up to the beauty of the trees or whatever 1% more ease to help support us to be more effective. Yeah, fight to, to, to face the challenges with more, more of our inner resource. And, uh, and even like, there's this whole movement, like pleasure activism, Adrian Marie Brown wrote a book about this, like yes. just the, the importance of human pleasure. Like we're talking about ease and stuff, but that's on the spectrum of it's pleasure. And it's especially not the non, non addictive pleasure. So not like, you know, getting wasted or the most intense pleasures that kind of can like be super intense and addictive, but like the beautiful pleasure that is all over always is just waiting for us and how important that can be in, in an activist movements and in this personal liberation practice of, if you want to call it personal, it's all interpersonal, how deeply our lives are connected, but this, you know, meditative kind of practice, can we allow the pleasure and, um, it's just so beautiful how it's all starting to become more and more intertwined. And not feeling guilty for feeling that pleasure as well. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's huge. Talk about conditions of society that affect our habits. We are, if I can speak for most of the society I've been raised in, is like it's, it's, there's, yeah, it's not a pleasure positive society. Um, yeah there's maybe the addictive kinds that you can buy and sell but like the that we can yeah enjoy our flesh and bones and have pleasure is uh, almost taboo you know like i'll guide a meditation and often one of the easeful things is my my fingertips just kind of stroking my knees or my the fabric of my shorts and like that's the pleasure that especially as being raised as a man like there's kind of not room for that. There's like this intense, violent homophobia around anything that's sensual or pleasure oriented. And then, you know, when people raise women or other genders, there's other taboos against pleasure, you know? So we all have these kind of different ways we're blocked from this just natural human mammal, mm -hmm. <laughs> soft animal, the body loving what it loves. Yeah. And yeah, and just getting trapped in that over, you know, my thing is sort of like, over apologizing, you know, for things that feel are supposed to feel good. And why do why am I holding that type of guilt, you know, and so also my practice is like undoing that not needing to apologize for the things that actually nourish me. That's huge. Yes, that's huge. This professor once told me, if you apologize for something that you don't really have to apologize for, then you're losing self respect. Yeah, prioritizing, 
yeah, that self-love, that self-respect for ourselves. And that's the first thing that should, that's the thing that should always remain. It's like the first thing that should always remain and how we walk through our lives, you know, not the, the first thing that could be thrown out, but sometimes our society kind of makes us forget to prioritize that. But hey, let's reclaiming it. We're reclaiming it. We're talking about it, right? And now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... Exactly. We got practices for how to like start to open a little bit. We're not saying, all right, let's go straight from a pleasure repressed society yeah. to you got to be cool on pleasure at all times. Like, how about 1% uh -huh. more pleasure, you know? And just get in the habit and see how accessible it is. And then, yeah, mm -hmm. make it a lifestyle. Same time. So, again, like I always want to emphasize it's not all rainbows and unicorns it's like no. <laughs> sometimes this you know what the soft animal the body loves is like i'm having a hard time and it's gonna really love this kind of little hug i'm gonna give myself a little hug and just like feel that compassionate presence and be with the pain and the grief and the loss but with the kind of sweetness of like a care and attending and like that's what you know that's what we love and that's you could make an argument that there's pleasure in that, I think, but it's also like real and it's facing the pain and difficulty of life. I feel um, like I, people are like, how have you been the last few years? I'm like, I'm just living in this both and that's like the multi, the, just the perspective of all the things I'm holding, the difficulty and, the, and then also trying to be here and care for myself. And it's, it's all the above. It's all the above. Cause I feel like, things are never, you know, things are always going to arise and come up, you know? And so it's just like kind of walking that balance, you know, it's not like the either or, you know, it's not like one lopsided or the other. It's like, how do we walk this like kind of both end in our lives and that balance? That's easier said than done. I, <laughs> that's just sort of my year's work, you know, the lifestyle. It helps to see other people do it for me to like see someone, you know, because theoretically this all sounds good, but like, am I really going to like lean towards ease and pleasure? And I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm scared that I'm going to forget about the world and like not do the activism that we need to save this freaking planet and our humanities. And like, you know, but I see a lot of people, we, you know, are like the most effective activists that I know are leaning into the pleasure and building community and love and solidarity through that sort of stuff. And they are for sure not shying away from the fucking hard things in life. Thank you for listening to the final episode of Meditationables season one and for making this podcast a reality. Stay tuned for more episodes and more wisdom. Your host, Anto.